0: Listening to SBS on the Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Coming up, NAB gets a new CEO. So which bank is next? Woodside calls off its merger with Santos and Chinese shares recover. Or that next. It's your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Wednesday, the 7th of February 2024. On Market Day, we'll speak with Josh Gilbert from eToro, but first to NAB, which is getting a new CEO. The National Australia Bank's Ross McEwen is retiring from April after leading the bank for more than four years, including the pandemic and the aftermath of the Royal Commission. He'll be replaced by Group Executive of Business and Private Banking, Andrew Irvine. Here's some of what Mr. Irvine had to say at an analyst and media briefing earlier today. My immediate focus is going to be listening.
1: I want to spend a lot of time uh, uh, going across the country uh, and visiting other markets as well, listening to our customers and to our colleagues on how we're going, what's working, uh, what things continue to need uh, my focus. Uh, What I would say is I've been on the leadership team for the last three and a half years. I've been... Part of the decision making that's got the bank to where it is under Ross's leadership. And I don't think that you should see, uh, expect to see major pivots uh, in terms of what we plan on doing going forward.
0: That's Andrew Irvine, the incoming CEO of NAB, and NAB shares fell today 0.2%. All up, the Australian share market rose, though, by 0.5%, 7,615. And for his reaction on the new NAB appointment, along with the rest of the day's market action, I spoke with Josh Gilbert, market analyst at eToro. Josh, the market's up today. Why and who's driving the gains?
1: Yeah, well, we're bouncing back from two days of losses to sort of start the week. Markets have sort of shrugged off this hawkish bias from Michelle Bullock uh, and the RBA board yesterday as well. A nice lead in from Wall Street overnight. Also, leading the gains is is sort of really come from that heavily weighted material sector. uh, When you've got, you know, a giant like BHP uh, gaining on the day, it's always going to sort of take the market with it. And that's really coming from iron ore edging a little bit higher as well after a recent sell off. Um, and this optimism that we're going to get some more support from policymakers in, in China. Um, we've seen that optimism come through quite a lot over the last 12, 12 months, but so far they've kind of over and under-delivered, uh, so we'll wait and see.
0: So that optimism, though, is seeming to flow through onto the Chinese share market lately?
1: It absolutely is. Yeah, there is this expectation that we will get Some more forceful support. uh, Reports that regulators are briefing the president in China on what is a pretty dire market situation. We have already seen a couple of small efforts in place. We've had some restrictions on short selling. Uh, We've also had some um, backed ETF purchases from the state. Uh, Further talk of support is is not nearly enough, though, um, to to sort of really keep this market going. If if we don't sort of get what the market wants, we could see this sell-off renewed again because we can continue to see that in the last few months. Um, So support is clearly needed and it seems we're at the point now where it's almost impossible that we don't see some action.
0: Okay, you mentioned Michelle Bullock earlier. It's been 24 hours since the outcome of the RBA's first board meeting of the year. It left rates on hold, but it did say that it can't rule out another rate rise. What's the market now thinking?
1: I think the market is calling the RBA and Michelle Bullock's bluff, to be honest. I think we we sort of saw that pushback from Michelle Bullock and the board, which was pretty understandable given where we are in this sort of, you know, interest rate cycle. We've sort of seen the the same play from the Fed and Jerome Powell uh, as well, because... Ultimately, if, if these sort of policymakers, if Michelle Bullock gives the market an inch, it will take a mile. Um, but ultimately, markets aren't convinced and they certainly aren't believing there's going to be another hike. And, and I think that's fair because the recent data that we've given us is, is probably telling us that they're done unless there's a significant change in the wind of that data. Um, there was a small pullback on pricing for cuts yesterday. Uh, but today, markets have sort of, you know, repriced cuts back in with, you know, as early as June being priced in for a cut, uh, and basically fully pricing in two cuts by the end of the year.
0: Two major corporate stories I want to talk to you about today. The first one, Woodside walking away from a potential $80 billion merger with Santos. Just how significant is this? Because Santos shares took a really deep hit as a result today.
1: Yeah, well, it's taken that deep hit because a lot of you know, that was really priced into this deal. A lot was expected that we were going to sort of see this deal. We had that optimism initially sort of come through. And that's really why we're getting this sort of sell-off was because, you know, Santos has really underperformed against the broader energy sector in the last couple of years and recently as well. So for shareholders, this was seen as a bit of a positive deal. The market did get a little bit carried away. Uh, we saw, you know, Santos have a, a bit of a decent run when this news was announced. Um, and now the expectation is, can they go out and deliver on their projects themselves without this sort of big merger coming through? On the other side of that, you had obviously Woodside who have probably seen a bit of a positive reaction and i think what it tells us is that it was a bit of a take it or leave it deal really for woodside more than anything um it may be suited santos slightly better than, than woodside um so i think that's why we've seen that market reaction today
0: leadership changer nab andrew Irvin is replacing ross McEwen as ceo what do you know about him and the challenges he'll have to take on
1: yeah, look, any changes, I think, in leadership uh, for any business globally is always going to sort of maybe put shareholders on on, on edge a little bit. Um, he's though, has headed up the business um, and private banking sector since about 2020. Um, and, and I think that's really key. That's the sort of the, the part I think is is really important because that area of the business contributed almost half of its profits in the 2023 annual report. So a very key part of the business he's been and, and clearly with those numbers, a top performer. And it almost feels like maybe a slightly safe decision from NAB um, because you're you're sort of hiring from within. You take away some risks of that external hire. You know, you've had plenty of time to sort of review him, how he works in a very key part of the business. Uh, Nonetheless, you're still going to have some very big boots to fill from, obviously, Ross McEwen, who has done a great job in the last four years. Challenges, I mean, I think they remain the same. Um, They've been the same in Australia for a long time. Competition in that banking sector, as we know, is some of the fiercest in the world. You know, NAB, I think, have done a great job in sort of solidifying its place behind CBA recently, but you've got to have these economic challenges. You've got this housing affordability, digital disruption uh, within the banking sector as well. So, look, plenty of challenges for Andrew Irvine to conquer, um, but I think he's taking over the business in a great place.
0: Is it a fair question to ask which bank is next? I've seen a, a fair bit of commentary suggesting that there may be CEO changes at ANZ and Westpac also this year. What do you make of it, the talent pool out there and the implications for shareholders?
1: Yeah, look, plenty of discussion around that. Um, you know, I think there'll probably be more discussions now we've seen this move from NAB. You know, I think as a rule of thumb, a, a change in CEO I think probably carries more downside risk than it does upside for shareholders, you know, especially if we're, we're hiring externally. So I mentioned there about that, you know, that, that internal hire from NAB, you know, that's sort of pretty safe. I think especially as well, when we look at the, the banks, they've enjoyed a great sort of six months. They've all gained more than sort of 10% in that time. So I think any changing of the guard is always going to be difficult, you know, especially, you know, as I said, when you've had a great run, these shares are sitting at sort of near record highs, the focus that you're going to look for as an investor is that that smooth transition and uh, some reassurance as well. And I think Andrew Irvine actually did a great job of that. You know, he sort of came out and said that he's not looking to sort of shift the bank's focus. You know, that gives what investors are looking for. We're not going to see a huge change. Um, you know, ultimately, when we look at sort of changes in CEOs, you know, we're best placed to sort of keep them in their position. Share prices tend to do better when we sort of see CEOs stay in that position. We're not sort of getting that constant change. Um, You know, it wouldn't surprise me to see some changes from those banks, but I think it's really got to be done in the right way.
0: Final question. Where do you see the opportunities for investors this year?
1: Yeah, look, we see... A strong year ahead, Um, you know, it's going to be different to what we saw in 2023, but we've obviously got this view and we've already continued to see it. Lower inflation. We've got interest rate cuts on the way when that's the big question. But ultimately, we know we're going to get them at some point this year from global central banks. Um, And ultimately, we believe we're going to start to see that rotation from what was the winners of 2023, the US and big tech into more interest rate sensitive sectors such as healthcare, real estate, We haven't really seen that happen yet. You know, we've seen that investors haven't really been willing to give up on the winners of last year, which I think, you know, investors have probably shown they've been pretty prudent in doing that. You know, Microsoft, Meta, Amazon, their numbers last week showed, you know, why they why investors are sort of sticking with them. Um, But we are going to see that rotation. And that's where we see those opportunities in those interest rate sensitive sectors. That
0: is Josh Gilbert there from eToro.